0: I'm joined tonight by Michael Brown, he is director of customer experience with General Parts. So, thanks for coming on, Michael. How are you tonight?
1: Hey, doing good, man. Good to be on.
0: Thanks, thanks. So, we met. Well, we've been coworkers for years. Um, we actually met in Chicago at the NRA show. Um, that was quite an experience for me. Um, I was blown away by the whole show and everything going on. So, glad to have you on here. Um, Figure we can start off. You can give an introduction about, you know, what your experience is in the restaurant industry. I know you've Worked in some restaurants in the past and you've worked your way up and now you're director of customer experience with us. So you want to give a background on what you've done, how you how you ended up here?
1: Yeah, sure. So I've been with General Parts for about six years now. Um, one of the scariest and best moves I've ever done. Uh, my my past life, you know, I grew up working in restaurants as far as starting my first job at A and W when I was 15, you know, just a couple months shy of 15. So a little under the table money, which is nice, but Um, uh, from there, just working my way up in restaurants and shift manager, assistant manager, got my first general manager job at 18, which was rather scary. But um, it was, you know, the the person that put me in that position, probably shouldn't have done that being at 18. But you know, everybody has their experiences they go through, which was it was very good, very eye opening. Um, But worked my way through general manager, different restaurants um was working at a restaurant concept in colorado as a general manager and they put on a facilities class you know facility manager coming in trying to show the gms how to save some money take care ser- take care of some stuff themselves and i for some reason just really took to it and got really excited about showing people how to do things how to clean coils themselves take care of things they can do themselves versus calling in a service company because i you know as a general manager i was getting tired of having to Wait for a service company to come out and take care of something that was super simple. You know, something I'm, I'm a hands-on guy. Um, so from that point, you know, I worked my way through from being a general manager to a facilities coordinator with that company. Uh, rolled out Service Channel to that company. You know, 400 and some odd restaurants at that time, and so I got a lot of experience on CMMS platforms and Service Channel being a big one. Uh, worked as facilities coordinator for a couple of years, and then got promoted to facilities manager, taken over 136 restaurants from Kansas City to California, up to Canada, down to Texas. So pretty good chunk of the U.S. Um, Being a facilities manager for a restaurant concept, I give kudos to any of those guys. It is a 24-7 job. It is thankless it is tiring and man it can burn you out pretty quick and uh, that's that's what pretty much happened it it burned me pretty good and general parts uh, offered up a position jumped on board with that as a key account manager a regional sales manager and uh that started six years ago when i moved to vegas so i live in las vegas now it's been a interesting ride you know lots of career paths, you think you're going to take in your life and then uh, you end up finding yourself on the path that you're on and how the heck did I get here. (laughs) So it's it's been pretty interesting. Um, With general parts, starting with key account manager, uh, regional sales manager, I was kind of put in the position of dealing with a lot of our chain customers that use third party work order platforms, CMMS systems and uh trying to learn every single one of those you know a new service channel inside and out but i had to learn all of the other ones mm-hmm. and there's still more coming on board almost every week Not uh, just a new one that pops up that you go oh you're you're using that system now huh okay well let me figure out how to learn that and uh teach that to you know our 29 branches within general parts and you know 200 plus technicians that we have, plus the office staff that have to use those systems every day. And, you know, from that point, I kind of took on the role of customer service manager, where I took on call creation within our company. Um, and then that expanded earlier this year to take on non warranty billing as well. So I, I kind of say I, I handle the, uh, the two ends of the Oreo cookie, the nice cookie part. <laughs> and then other folks have to take care of the creamy goodness in the middle.
0: <laughs> so you're involved in all kinds of stuff um that's a, that's a that's an interesting story i mean like you said starting off at 15 years old and general manager by 18 that's that's kind of insane i'd be a i've been scared to death too so uh you probably did better than i would have i would have freaked out uh, when i was 18 years old i wanted to make money and i wasn't chasing girls luckily but uh yeah that'd been a little a little scary for me so but uh, it's cool
1: it, so, it definitely was for sure I mean, it's I look back at it now and I question every single decision I made because they were probably not great.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You said something that you said something in there. You mentioned something like, how did you get here? And that's, that's my whole thing right now is, you know, everything I have going on is like, how did I get here? How did I get here? And your story is like mine. You just, you work, you do what you gotta do. You take care of the customer, whether it be, you know, a third party person or a restaurant or a manufacturer, you take care of the customer and everything else is kind of falls into place. And a lot of guys lose that in this business. But, you know, focus on the customers and everything else will just fall right into place.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's in, in the restaurant industry, you know, in in our thought process at the last company that I was managing restaurants at, there was, you know, inside the four walls, you had to make sure everything was good inside the four walls. And then that's when you could work on stuff outside, you know, marketing yourself outside. With my restaurants that I had at that company, I I never had to really focus outside of those four walls because it took care of the business came. It came like crazy, you know, three years of consistent sales growth awards for being top in the company for sales, top in the company for profitability, three years in a row. You know, if you take care of everything inside your building, everything's going to fall into place.
0: Yep. Yep. So we said you do a lot with third parties. Um, What's some of the biggest challenges you have, you know, dealing with third party stuff, just trying to get people like me to do our end of it or (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know, it it actually encompasses both ends. It, it encompasses the customer side and it encompasses the, the vendor and the technician. Um, you, know, you get customers that will set you up in a system unbeknownst to yourself and start sending you work orders and you're getting emails out of the blue going, what? never even heard of, never even worked with this company. What is this? Um, and then you have to try and figure it out or you have to go back to that company and just put the hard stop and go, hey, I, I can't do work for you until I understand the partnership. You know, that's, that's the big thing. Um, and then the challenge comes once you're set up in those systems is having to train everybody how to use it, you know, customers expect and I did too when I was at my last company, and I use service channel, it was my Bible. If, if it wasn't done in service channel, it's not done. You know, if you didn't check in and check out and close the call, in my operators world, you know, VP of ops, directors, general managers, if that call's still open, it's open. You haven't taken care of it, and it's popping up on somebody's radar. Uh, yeah. So that's that's the big thing on the customer end is they push to get things closed. But you guys, as technicians, you know how many different things you guys have to do once you get to a site. You know, even if it's just a normal call, somebody that doesn't even use the CMMS system, you got to get a picture of your data tag. You got to verify model serial. You got to set up all your stuff. Get ready to to do whatever repair you need to do or diagnosing you need to do. Uh, then let's top top that with. What system are you going to log into? What app do you need to open? What website do you need to go to? What phone number do you need to call? What PIN number are you supposed to use again? Where's that customer PO number? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is it, it eight digits? It, Is it, it 12? It, well,
0: yeah, you got one out there that says eight digits on the call, but they give you a nine-digit code. and like, okay, I'll put nine in. and hope it works. I mean, it, it, it's yeah. it's weird. Everything's different. I mean, like, even in certain platforms, like some, some customers, you could have to use their phone, and in some mm-hmm. customers, you can just use your cell phone to call in. And then, some, you can, you, in that same platform, you can use an app and check in. It uses your GPS. But then, if you're not mm-hmm. close enough, it rejects it. And once you clog in, I'm like, I'm sitting in the park. i like, why can't I do this? And this is, I mean, this technology, it's always evolving. And there's always going to be issues. This is how you work around those issues is what's going to se- separate you from everybody else.
1: Yeah. And that's where I try and leverage my knowledge with all these CMMS systems and trying to get. The best technology angle at it you know if there's any integration we can do if there's any type of standardization even on our internal systems you know you you see service order comments with consistent messages appended to them you know trying to get that consistent message across that this is how you check into this system this is the phone number you're supposed to call things like that so try and leverage technology as much as possible but that's where i kind of come into play of Being the grease on the wheel, you know, being that I was on the customer end, you know, I used General Parts for many years before I came on board. And the way I had Service Channel set up worked good for me. Um, But then when I came on board with General Parts and they told me to, hey, go pull a report for that company you used to work for. And like, all right, give me your login. And they gave me 19 logins to the one system that I was using at that company, which was Service Channel. And I'm like, wow, this is not going to work yeah how did you do this for so many years like this i've noticed that a lot of things we
0: do that you know it seems like each branch has their own little twist on everything and their own little way they do things and i think that kind of causes a lot of issues um but i mean you know we're in what 29 markets and i mean 29 branches now or 27 branches i mean we're out there so it's going to be hard to stay consistent across the board for everything so i get that but i mean you're here you're making a difference in it so you'll get it all squared away right
1: Yeah. You know, it only took me four years to get our service channel account wrangled into one, (laughs) one profile. (laughs) So what are some of the biggest
0: challenges with office staff dealing with customers? I mean, we all, we've all heard the horror stories. It's Friday at four o'clock. You got a customer calling in just being irate, you know, their oven's down or their freezer's down. They have to have it. So, I mean, what do you teach, I guess, the staff when they're dealing with customers in situations like that? I mean,
1: the biggest thing is is keep that communication open you know it's tell the customer how it is you know hey i know it's friday it's four o'clock i've only got one on-call technician and he's got three calls booked up you know don't tell him yeah i'll get a guy out there tonight when you absolutely probably know it's not going to happen tonight might not even happen saturday depending on if you can get through those three calls tonight (laughs) that first call might be a walk-in freezer where you're there for six hours pumping it down replacing a compressor So it's it's really about the communication. That's the biggest thing I can push to the office folks is keep that communication open, over communicate as much as possible. You know, you might get people that complain how many emails they get throughout the day, but you know, it's I'd rather be over communicating to somebody than somebody wondering why didn't you tell me that you couldn't be there or why didn't you tell me that part was on back order, Uh, that type of thing, and that's. You know, through the, the whole supply chain shortage, that was a big one. You know, where we knew as soon as we put that purchase order in to order that part, we were getting told it's gonna be middle of January before that part's available. That's the big stuff we gotta communicate.
0: Yeah, I'm waiting on a rooftop unit for a chain account right now, and it's they order their own equipment, so we just receive it and we install it. But we've been waiting on this thing for over a year and there's still no estimated delivery date. And this is a huge chain account and i can't believe that I mean, it's, it means the way it's going but it, it's it's going on second winter it's been through two summers and this is starting a second winter so i imagine it's going to be ugly here soon
1: but yeah, yep. yep and so. that's something that through the whole covet supply chain shortage too really you know was good with <laughs> communication with customers is hey i can i can get you a replacement fryer but it might not be this brand, it might not be that standard brand that you have in your kitchen equipment package, but I can get you this fryer that's somewhat equivalent. Uh, There were a lot of, you know, un, we'll say unknown manufacturers before then that were, you know, maybe smaller, not looked at as a, a high end product, but a lot of them were able to really prove themselves through these supply chain shortages. And it was about communication back to the customer of I know this is your standard unit, but there's another option for you. Give them their options. They might not like them, but give them their options.
0: Yeah, I've walked in some 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 you know, some key restaurants, and they have their key accounts where they, they have two vendors. And, like, you walk in, you see this coolist, and you're like, uh, you guys aren't supposed to have that. And they're like, well, we can't get what we're supposed to have, so we had to do something. So, it, it, I mean, it's it's out there. So,
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I say that's probably a bigger thing with the communication back as well to the customer is you know closing that loop of once you take care of something let them know mm-hmm. you know if you've already gotten a problem taken care of for them close that circle and that's a, a big one to train into the office folks as well is communicate back once you've taken care of something
0: yeah communication is key in everything i mean we killed two birds with one stone on this one but um you know when i, I do a lot of training i do new hire training and stuff like that and I always teach the guys, I mean, talk to the customer, find the manager that's on the ticket. If they're not on the ticket, you need to find the highest manager there. Don't, you walk into some of these restaurants, you ask for a manager and, you know, the shift leader, I'm the manager. Well, what's wrong with this oven? You know, oh, I don't know anything about that. Let me find somebody else. I'm like, you just said you were the manager. You're not the manager. <laughs> so I get that. Yep. And, you know, I, I'm big about talking to my customers when I'm done. I want to explain to them what I did, what, what I did to resolve it, what I'm doing to say if I got to order parts, if it needs a PM, if it needs cleaned or what. I try to explain to them throughout the process, keep them involved. And it goes a long way with your customer. Um, if you keep them involved, they're more likely to trust you. They're more likely to believe what you have to say. They're going to want you back. I mean, honesty and communication is two of my biggest tools I have in my bag. And, I mean, how do I don't have to carry those around? So,
1: yeah. And that's, that's also a reason why customers might ask for a technician by name when they want another repair done. I want Pat because I know he's going to communicate with me.
0: I am. I had a guy with me one time. He was an older guy. He'd been in the business for years and I was pretty much just training him on paperwork and, you know, our way to do the tablets and that kind of stuff. And I was talking to the customer for like five minutes and we walked outside, you know, get in the van. He goes, does the customer know you're paying, paying you, you know, to talk to him for five minutes? I was like, that customer would rather me stand there and talk to him for five minutes than to walk up and be like, Your fryer steaks turn out to walk off. I said, Treat him like a human being it goes a long ways. And yeah. It, it's paid off. So.
1: And it's the same communicating to him when you're off talking on the phone to tech support. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's something that I would get a lot as a facilities manager where I got restaurants that were fighting invoices going, Hey, the guy stood there on his phone for an hour talking to somebody. I'm not paying for his time to, chit chat with his girlfriend or whatever they thought, whatever that perception was (laughs) that they were talking. And it's like, you know, Hey, he was talking to tech support and techs aren't rolling in there knowing every single thing about your equipment. They've got to have support as well. So yeah, you might've saw him talking on the phone, but I'm pretty darn sure he was probably talking to tech support, (laughs) but communicating that to the customer. Hey, I'm going to step off to the side real quick. I got to call tech support.
0: Yeah. So a lot of my (laughs) tools now are bluetooth like i don't use traditional manifold for refrigerant jobs refrigeration jobs i use a uh, job link probes and they're they're just probes that screw on and they're transducers it's, it's uh, transmits via bluetooth to like my phone or my tablet so a lot of times you know i'll be working on a cooler and i'm measuring temperature i'm measuring pressures i'm measuring everything amp draw. And it's all on my phone. People see me staring at my phone, and they sometimes will give me a weird look. And I'm like, no, look, 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 I'm working. I show, and they're like, oh, that's cool. And then I go through and explain to them, you know, how the tool works. And it's all on my phone. It puts everything in front of me, and, you know, I can actually generate reports from that app. I said, so it's really a pretty cool feature. Nice. And once you explain it to them, I mean, they're receptive and understanding. I mean, everyone knows how apps are these days, and there's an app for everything. And, you know, there's apps to help me make my job easier. And as long as the customer knows, I'm not just playing Angry Birds or whatever. They don't care.
1: Yeah leverage the technology that that you have in front of you. That's, that's something that is key to our industry is get with the technology. You know, there's a lot of service companies, smaller service companies I see out and about that are still using paper forms, you know, triplicate carbonless copies. It's like there are so many better ways to be managing your business, managing your time and efficiencies.
0: I hardly write anymore. When I do have to write, it looks absolutely terrible. So I I had a, a meeting where it was like an hour and a half and I had to take I recorded the meeting and I went back and took notes and I had to write an email. And I wrote the notes by hand, just chicken scratch, and I needed the notes one day after I take them with me to write them in an email, send them into my, you know, my my person I'm dealing with on this situation. And um, I said I asked my wife, I said, Hey, can you write me? And she sent it to me and I was like I can't read this she goes well that's what you t- that's what you wrote down I was like no I was like send me pictures of what I wrote and circle the words you didn't understand so I had to go back through and like fix everything that she couldn't read and oh like my gosh shorthand misspelling and everything else just because the way my brain thinks I'm like three words ahead of where my fingers are and it's just like it gets it
1: gets bad yep same here I'm left-handed too so it's it's really horrible I write with a pencil I try and do everything in pencil mm-hmm. and I have one of those big sticky erasers little click sticky erasers, <laughs> because i too many times i write something I'm like i cannot even read that word i'm going to erase that and try again
0: <laughs> speaking of left-handers my son's a lefty and when he was little i couldn't even teach him how to tie his shoes so i found someone that was left-handed to teach him how to tie his shoes because it was like i couldn't wrap my brain around it the way he was trying to do it
1: <laughs> yeah it's like when we have meetings and whatnot and you know, the conference rooms and everybody's like, who's going to take notes on the, on the whiteboard. I'm like, well, it's certainly not going to be me because everything I write, I'm just going to erase right after I write it. So somebody else can take that one.
0: That's one way to get out of it. It is. So let's see. What is the biggest complaint that you have received from the customers? It can be something, you know, stupid, trivial, you know, something we can fix and address. So, I mean, I'm not, I mean, customers are going to complain that, you know, you didn't fix my equipment or, you know, stuff like that. I mean, they're always going to do that, but what's something we can actually address and maybe fix as technicians or as office
1: staff? It, it circles back to communication. Yeah. Really does. You know, it, technicians on site communicating that they're actually there. And mm-hmm. you know, I do get a lot of that where you, maybe you talked with John, the shift manager, like you were saying, but he didn't communicate back to Tim, the general manager. And Susie's the assistant manager coming in in the morning, and she still thinks the thing's broken because nobody told her it's fixed.
0: Yeah, I mean communication is going to be everything. I, I feel like we're going to talk about. I mean, it's such a vital role, though. I mean, it's everything when it comes to our customers. So,
1: yeah, and as well as you know, on the office staff is communicating as well. So there is a lot of quotes that I see get rejected or get questioned by our customers, where we put basic information in there, you know, as far as instead of taking your guys' tech notes, which are giving them everything you guys found on that diagnosis, they're just putting in an estimate. Maybe we will give them a $4,000 estimate and say repairs to oven. Great. What are you repairing? What was broken to begin with? I know I called you out for a broken oven, but I don't want to quote for $4,000. It just says repair oven. I'd like to know what you found and what you're doing to fix it. And yeah. maybe what we, as a customer, might have done to cause this.
0: Yeah, I've run into a lot of, uh, lot of stuff like that. Um, I got a trainee with me, and he wants to be short as he can on his notes. I'm like, look. I was like, can you remember what you did on this call three or four weeks from now? No. I was like, so when billing gets this call and they don't understand your notes, and they're going to send an email to you and our branch manager, I said, are you going to be able to recall what you did? No. Take the time write it out thoroughly so you don't have to worry about remembering it I said, if you write it out thoroughly where our manager can understand it billing's gonna understand it warranty's gonna understand it everyone's gonna understand it and they're not gonna call and bother you i said believe me i've been doing this a long time take the time write it out and be done with it
1: yeah yeah you've got the texts that are short in that communication then you have the texts that write the entire novels they'll tell you how the walk was into the building you know they stepped on a piece of gum in the parking lot and I'd rather have that over communication than I would just fix the oven, replace thermopile, (laughs) you know, short things like that, you know, especially for some of our, we have some customers that, you know, in their lives, they were technicians. You know, we have facility managers that have come from technician roles, um, you know, directors of facilities that were technicians and sometimes with refrigeration calls, they want to hear what, what micron did you pull it down? What vacuum did you pull down to? They want to hear all your pressure readings and everything because they want to know, you know, was it actually done correctly? That type of thing.
0: Yeah, that's what m- my thing is. It, I'm, I have, if I have to go a fall to my back or a callback or something, and I look at their notes and it says gas pressure is okay, I'm like, no, that's not how this works. Okay is not a gas pressure reading. Okay is just you saying it's okay uh-huh. and going about your day. Mm-hmm. I need the gas pressure. And then I get to check gas pressure and it's either super high or super low. Or well, there's not enough volume and it falls off. I'm like, this all could have been prevented the first time if you had actually done you know, what you're saying, gas pressure okay is not a suitable answer in any form of my life. Should be gas pressure measurement. (laughs) Yeah, everything's a measurement. If you check it, you have a measurement, you should be able to write it down.
1: Yeah, that was a a topic of discussion. You know, I'm out here in Chicago this week, and we had a a meeting with one of our large manufacturer partners, and, you know, gas readings for the, the flu readings came up and discussing about how they need to know exactly what that co2 reading was that carbon monoxide reading because they have to report that back if something ever happens at that facility and you can't just put in there you know co2 reading was okay
0: yep we have these big fancy uh tools they give us you know keep them at the shop so we keep them on our truck and uh yeah, they do a really good job reading that stuff until they don't. But generally, they get them fixed yeah. pretty fast. So, but yeah, that's, that's an important thing to do, especially you know your former employer. Um, it's probably been I'm not sure if you were on board yet here or not. They were putting in CO2 detectors underneath their hoods. I'm like, how are, or right outside their hoods. But they were had, they are famous for turning on their equipment and not turning the hood on, so it set it off and call the fire department all the time. Yeah, like. So I was like, no, you guys have to turn your hoods on before you turn all these burners on and stuff. I'm like, of course the fire department's going to call, you know, come and they're going to shut you down for CO2 because yep. you know you don't have your exhaust hood on. Turn your exhaust hood on and it all goes away. And I don't know how many calls i would got when they rolled out those those detectors right outside the hood. I'm like, why are you guys putting these right outside the hood?
1: Yeah. I, that was a big issue at my former restaurant concept where the older restaurants, newer restaurants, we ended up building in interlocks. So you couldn't energize the line without having the hoods energized. Mm-hmm. You couldn't get any power there, which was great. Uh, but the older restaurants, you know, it'd be a cold winter day, say, in Colorado. And they didn't want the makeup air pulling in at 50 degrees, 40 degrees. You know, our heaters on our makeup air, some of our restaurants were old enough where they didn't necessarily have heaters. They didn't want to feel that cold air. So they just wouldn't even turn the hoods on, yet they're putting, turning on fryers, pasta cookers, you know saute grills and whatnot where it's just carbon monoxide all over the place and once they started having to put carbon monoxide detectors in there it was pretty eye-opening the restaurants that were doing it
0: oh yeah there was a handful of them and it's it was like every day some stores i'm like stop turn like turn your hood on we went through this yesterday, you know but they once they call a the fire department we have to go out there and it's it's all kinds of you know oh hot. yeah
1: Get everything red tagged. I want everything checked. I, yeah, fire, fire closed like, for a day and a half for that.
0: Fire department comes. They're looking for gas leaks. They're they're checking everything. It's like, oh no, why did you guys do this? Yeah, which
1: was hilarious because the one that did end up getting closed for a day and a half, the the fire, the fire, I don't know if it's firefighter or the fire marshal came in. He was using his CO two his carbon monoxide detector and literally taking it over the flue of the pasta cooker. Yes, and it was running. Like, Of course it's going to be reading at thousands of ppm. Yeah. It's spewing out right there the flu. Oh, that's that appliance is broken. You need to get it fixed. It should be zero. You don't understand this, do you?
0: <laughs> you can't get a zero out of a household gas range. I mean, yeah. something pumping out 80,000 BTUs of heat. So, yeah. It's amazing what goes on in a restaurant. Um, it is. So we've talked about... I Man, everything's communication. <laughs> Looking through our list here, and you know, um, what are the me, for sure? Yeah, I, you know, I wrote all these questions down, I didn't even think about it, but I mean, all of it can be solved just by spending the time and talking to the customer or talking to the office or somebody. So it's crazy.
1: Yeah, and, and same thing with, you know, the role that I'm in with having the billing side as well. It's the billing side is about communication. You know, we've got, you know, where the biller tries to invoice something. And again, on the front end, the call might not have been set up correctly or information gathered to where we even know who to bill for a certain call. So that's where intercompany communication is key, is working together to ensure that, you know, the the branch folks, the office folks are gathering the proper information for a call. And if they don't know, they've got to ask, because then it just turns into a receivables nightmare in the end, if it does actually get invoiced and we're emailing the invoice to to Sue when it should have gone to Pam, um, or we're maybe charging a customer's credit card where they don't own that restaurant anymore because we didn't bother to reach out and verify um, that that card was even supposed to be charged.
0: Yeah, I've ran into um, uh, billing department I'm sending emails out now where you know they email me and my branch manager. You know, you know, and a lot of times it's something we f- I forget to put in the file room or a piece of paper, you know, a startup form or something, or, you know, we didn't get an authorization number. So I get an email from, you know, somebody at billing and they're reaching out. At first I got mad about, it. I was like, why is this person bugging me? I got enough stuff to do. And then I realized, well, I guess I probably screwed up or I didn't follow an instruction or, you know, and I'll read the email now and I'm like, oh, that's something I did. Or if it's not something I did or something my boss missed, I just ignore it and then wait for him to say, hey, did you do this? I'm like, no, that wasn't me, that was you. You know, But it's, uh yeah. it's opening my eyes to a lot more stuff. I'm you know, I, I was a technician for years. And I, you know, I've got a, a varying role now in some of the things I do, and I, I got to learn to take my time and think things through a little bit better than I used to do. I used to just brush through and just fix stuff, you know, and now I get emails from, you know, texts all across our company, and it's just like, okay, what do they want? Where are they at? You know, what's the policy of their branch? And it's just taking the time and thinking about it before I jump head first and make a a bad decision or a bad judgment or something i shouldn't do so
1: that's even having that knowledge for a lot of the warranty stuff you know and do warranty for 200 manufacturers you've got to know how all 200 of those want their stuff done do they want an authorization called from in called for from the site Mm -hmm. or do we need that authorization before we can even run the call maybe the customer's supposed to contact them first to get the tech support that they want to give the customer before asking an, an ASA to come out and take a look at it and paying that cost. So it's, it's having to know all of that stuff on the technician side as well. Cause you guys might get to a site where you're there to work on the fryer and they go, well, while you're here, how about you take a look at this grill that's not lighting up? I just bought it last week.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We always run into that. I mean, it's getting better. I mean, there's more and more notes being put into calls. Hey, call this manufacturer from side, you know, call the manufacturer. They sent these parts out, but they want you to call them before you put any the parts in. So call creation is getting better. Um, and we're all learning and we're all growing. So it's a good thing. I mean, we're all here for the common goal and we'll get there and you just know, to take a little work on everybody's part. But as long as we're all working together, and communicating, I think we're going um, to, you know, we'll get a lot further. So I appreciate the, uh, you know, the work you've done with call creation dispatchers and everybody
1: else. Thank you. Well, that's something too, to look at with, uh, like third party systems. Yep. Um, or for larger companies, and even maybe some smaller companies is get to understand what those third party systems can do for you marketing wise, and just extending your reach to other okay. customers. A lot of those third party platforms, you know, say service channel, um, EcoTrack, even Corrigo, you know, if they're using the vendor search in there, but a lot of those once you're in those systems, you're available for all these other companies that utilize those systems to select. So you're basically marketing yourself by getting set up in there um, to where if they're moving into a new market, you know, say a new restaurant concept is going to open in Memphis, they should be in that work order system searching that system to go, hey, who does cooking equipment repairs in Memphis? Who does refrigeration, HVAC, things like that, because they're going to be way more prone to hook up with a company that already knows that system and utilizes it than they are trying to find somebody in that market to do their work outside of that system. So if you're getting set up in there, you're marketing your business as well. So it's very important to set yourself up properly in there. Make sure like if they have zones, coverage type things, you know, Corrigo has their smart zone coverage. Service channel has their coverage map when you're setting up in there. Select those appropriately and accurately and know that it should be bringing you business in your door.
0: That's a good point. I never thought of it that way. I mean, I always just think of it, you know, I'm here for this customer and I mean, that makes sense, you know, th- there's a lot of people that use service channel, you know, you never know what could come about it. So that, that makes a whole lot of sense. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah, that way.
1: And it comes down to partnerships, too, with, you know, we're involved in a lot of organizations, you know, restaurant facility management Association, CIFESA, um, getting involved in local business chamber of commerce type things. But there's a lot of relationships with these third party platforms that can take years to develop. You know, we had one large chain that. I had been working on since I started with the company trying to get in the door and get work from them. And it took a good three to four years to finally get in the door and start getting work from them. Granted, we don't get too much right now, but I have multiple markets that I can always offer up to them if they're in need. You know, I'm not the pesky sales guy type where I'm poking you gimme business, gimme business. You know, it's more of when the time is right, we're there for you. We never want you to, you know, get rid of the current guy you're using if they're doing a good job, mm-hmm. because we want that same loyalty in return. But know that I'm there for you. I'm already set up in your system. I'm ready to go.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, that that makes uh, a lot of sense. I mean, there's enough work out there for everybody. But you know, if someone can't get there or they can't fulfill a need on a certain piece of equipment or warranty wise, you know, we're always there. So that's a uh, that's pretty that's pretty good way to look at it.
1: And that's something for the office folks to keep in mind as well is if you're getting that Friday night, Saturday morning call for a chain account that you've been really trying to get, or maybe it's not one you've been trying to get, but one that you go, "Eh, it's got some potential, is look at that emergency call you're getting. Hey, my other guy can't get here. Can you get here? You should be grabbing that by the horns and running with it because you're going to come in and save the day and hopefully be able to say, hey, your guy couldn't get there. We could. What can we do for you?
0: Yeah, uh, that's 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 a pretty good point. I mean, I, I've done some work for some customers where they have their, a small guy that takes care of, you know, all their stores. And then a lot of times on the weekends, he, you know, he, he can't, he don't want to work that weekend or something. And I'm like, why is this person calling me on the weekend? And that is a situation like that. So that makes a whole lot of sense.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's something to watch out for too for service companies is watch out for the customers that only want to use you when they need to use you, when you're the backup guy. You know, if, if you're always the backup guy, probably shouldn't be partnering with them. You know, we have we have some customers that they have internal technicians, you know, their internal guy goes on vacation, goes hunting for the week. All of a sudden we're getting a dump of calls and you got to get there right now, 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 now. Well, you only give me one, you know, one week of calls out of the year. So you're not really a, a top priority. I'll get to you when I can, because I know after this week, I'm not going to get anything else.
0: Yeah, that brings up another point. Like, you know, just because the customer in your area only calls you a handful of times a year doesn't mean that customer in a different area doesn't call us a handful of times a week. So we have to be mindful of that, you know, just because we don't do a whole ton of volume in Indianapolis doesn't mean Colorado is not doing a whole ton of volume. You know, it's, you know, a quarter of their market share, you know, or profitability. So, I mean, you you have to think about those big chain accounts that has far more. Far further reaching implications than just your branch. I mean, so.
1: Yeah, that is something for the office folks to keep in mind as well is you might get one call a month or whatever, but there could be other markets that that's their main bread and butter. And that one call you're doing where you're just putting them off to the side and you're still representing general parts. You're still representing whatever brand you're working for. Ensure that where you're representing the brand is being the same as where it's being represented somewhere else. Where maybe they are their biggest customer for that branch.
0: Nice. So another thing I like talking about is soft skills. Um, I kind of learned this the hard way, just on my own. Um, you know, I talked about it earlier with you know taking time to talking to the customer. But you know, when I first started, I worked with older guys, and you know they'd walk in. Where's the fryer? You know, who's in charge? You know, looking grumpy, looking mad. Go in there with a smile um, you don't have to be their friend, just treat them with respect and, you know, talk to them and it goes a long way. So I think, you know, us as an in- industry would probably do well if we offered some sort of soft skills training, you know, for not just the office, but for the technicians. I mean, we're the face of the company. Yeah. They may call and talk to a dispatcher or a manager, the first person they talk to, but they're, they, they're never going to see their face. It's always going to be me or, you know, my trainee or someone else in the market. So, these guys have to do a better job communicating and not being so rough and rugged and, you know, go in there with a smile on your face and, you know, just be nice to them. So.
1: Yeah. Those soft skills on both ends, office and technician, you know, the the office, all they're hearing is your, is your voice. You know, Mm -hmm. they're not seeing the body language behind it. They're not seeing that smile that really could be on your face. It's just the sound of your voice might sound a little gruff and and grumpy. Um, But the, the office, it should always be something welcoming the customer in, you know, hey, thank you for calling General Parts. you know, We have a great branch manager down in Houston, Pete, he answers the phone every time he answers the phone. It's a great day at General Parts. How can I help you? Yeah. Every time? It's yeah. amazing. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> if we could replicate that, that'd be awesome. Uh, but even on the technician side, when technicians are walking into a site, you know, go up, meet the manager, hey, how you doing here to fix your stuff? You know, hopefully I can get it working for you today. So can you show me around, show me the unit, let me get there, you know, things like that. Um, and even, you know, talking with the manager, like you do talking with them, letting them know what's going on and what you did to fix it. You know, there's plenty of technicians within my restaurant days that, you know, I'm sure you get lots of free food with your customer service skills. <laughs> but you know, buying a you know, customer buying a technician dinner you know after saving the day. You know, it can go a long way on keeping the technician happy. But you know, even just telling the customer, "Oh man, I'm I'm here to service you. That's what I'm here for." You know, pass yeah. up on that free meal to to get it next time or something like that. Make yeah. them super happy.
0: I've gone. I mean, I've got a lot of stuff into this job. I mean, I always joke around tell everybody. When I started, I weighed like two twenty five, and last year I was at four forty, and I'm down considerable from that. Not back down to two twenty five like like I'd like to be, but I'm trying. But yeah, I've. I've ate everywhere from five-star restaurants to, you know, I I had a, the baseball stadium in my market. They uh, had a big event coming up and I, I got their combi running and they had to have their combi and I got it running. He gave me passes to sit in the suite, someone's suite that he knew was going to be empty. He gave me passes to sitting there. He said, bring your family. I'll give you all the food, drinks. Booze you want. And I'm like, I can't do it, man. I'm out of town. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wish, but I mean,
1: can I it's, pick a date? Can I pick yeah. a date? Come on!
0: <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. So that's cool. Um, a lot of things guys struggle with is you get the managers, and um, you worked in restaurants, so you probably know the type. They think they can bully everybody just because they're a manager at a restaurant. They think they think they're special. I mean, that's probably what i say, but they think they're better than people, and they like to bully people. So I always tell my trainees or coworkers. I mean, I walk in if if a customer is if a customer is, you know, loud and obnoxious and they're, you know, they're saying stuff, and they're being kind of disrespectful, I'll let it go for a little bit and maybe they're just having a bad day. But once I realize that that's just how they are, I, I, you gotta, you gotta know how to take it. You can't feed back into them. You can't give it back to them because they're that's what they want. They want you to interact with them. They want you to, to, You know, say something inappropriate, say something bad so they can run back to the office and say, hey, this guy did this. Uh, You know, we can't be having this. What are you going to do about it? I mean, don't feed into the customer if they're going to be negative. Um, I've been cussed out. I've been yelled at. I always tell everybody, I said, take it for a little bit. It gets to the point where you're getting mad or frustrated. Pack your tools up and leave. Don't say a word. Just pack your tools up and leave. And by the time that manager sees you walking out that door, their tone's going to change 180 degrees. You're going to be their best friend. And you'll be back to fixing their equipment, and they'll never talk to you like that again. I mean, I have a, I had a restaurant here. The manager, he was terrible. He, he'd cuss you out. He'd cuss the staff out. and That's that's where I learned of that was he just under my skin one day, and I was like, man, I'll just go home. I don't feel like working anymore today. So I just packed myself up and left. And ever since then, I'd walk in. I was his best friend, man. He'd want to feed me every time, smiling, ask me how my day was. I came in there. Uh, after hours with my wife to eat dinner because she wanted to go there and eat dinner. He bought our dinner that night and everything else. I'm like, this is awesome. crazy. Just because I, I didn't give in to what he wanted and I stood up to him and all of a sudden he was a different person, so.
1: Yeah, and it's, it, there's, you know, I deal with facility managers that are that way as well where they will beat you up and go, hey, if you don't get out there for this two-hour emergency, I'm pulling all my business from you and blow. And they could be the biggest customer on the planet. It's like, I can only do what I can do. And as a technician, when you're walking in and you're dealing with somebody like that, it's, I'm here to help you. Mm-hmm. Help me help you. If you're not going to do that, you can find somebody else to do it. Yeah. That simple. Um, you know, it's, Chef is the first one to chase you out of the kitchen on a Friday night and beg you to come back on a Sunday. Because <laughs> they need something. Yeah. So it's dealing with those folks. It can be brutal and tough, but we don't have to take it. Yep. Uh, I've,
0: I've had some bad ones, man. In my day, the stories I tell, I won't, I won't record them, but I've had some, don't you know who I am? I used to be so-and-so's personal chef and I was like, oh, that's cool. Don't fix me, and you're working here now, right? And... You work here. You don't work there. So <laughs> what's this, how's this matter today? So,
1: yeah, yeah, it's, it's tough. You know, I feel for you guys being the face of everything. Like you're, you're out there dealing with everybody face to face in their worst moments, you know, or. Maybe their rationale, that beautiful thing in the picture behind you there that could be the heart of their kitchen. It's down. They've got 60% of their menu they can't serve. They're freaking out because they've got a line out the door. It's tough. And you're having to deal with them in those emotional moments and some people, they let their emotions get to them. Some technicians let their emotions get to them too. You know, the horror stories I've heard of, tech's giving it right back.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I've been guilty. You know, I, I may get upset, but I make sure i don't give it back to the customer i mean especially most people we deal with aren't the ones that cause the issue they're not the ones that you know they're not the ones that created the the problems they're just end users that's stuck using this piece of equipment doesn't work and they're freaking out you know the managers are the ones that are beating up on you because it's not fixed yet you know you walk in the door what's wrong with it i'm like i haven't even seen the piece of equipment yet where are we going (laughs) yeah but I mean, a smile and just ask them, you know, how's it going? You know, what can I do for you? Or you know, you know, what issues are you having? It goes a long way. Yep,
1: I am here to help you. Help me, help you.
0: Yeah, that's gonna be the name of this episode, I think. Help me, help you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, I think we covered about everything. I mean, it all comes down to communication. I mean, everything on this list is just communication dealing difficult di- dealing with difficult customers, um, difficult. Co-workers, managers, everything. It's just learn to smile, put on that the nice face, and do what you can to help them out.
1: Yeah, and know that you know just because you think today is the worst day of your existence, your career, blah blah blah, tomorrow's going to be better. Tomorrow's a different day. Wake up with a better attitude and keep moving down the road.
0: Yeah, even with all the success and stuff I've had lately. You know i still have those days when i wake up and i can't fix anything and i'm just like i want to beat myself up why am i doing this i just want to quit and i'm like it'll be better tomorrow just because you can't fix anything today doesn't mean tomorrow's not gonna be a great day so yeah
1: Yeah, and same with my position you get overwhelmed with you know the amount of one getting to the summertime the amount of service requests coming in during the summer is just ridiculous you know i i not being in that mix prior to it was sales so i was you know pushing the sales to the branch i didn't see how overwhelmed they were getting really. I just knew they were booking two weeks out or three weeks out or can't take any more work, that type of thing. But just going over this summer and seeing the sheer amount of volume coming in is crazy. There is enough business out there for a million technicians. Yeah, we're, we could get y'all in the field.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're three weeks out. And actually I think if um, you haven't done business with us in six months, we're pretty much saying, sorry. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah.
1: There's there's certain parameters and each branch can be unique on that where they can go, hey, I can take a call and be out there tomorrow. Or you got a branch that says, you know, I, unless you're one of my key customers and that's where it comes down to on the customer's end. Do you want to be a key partner mm-hmm. or not? Yep. we found out during COVID who our key partners were and a lot of customers found out who their key vendors were as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a big thing. You know, if you have a PM agreement with us or a service agreement with us, you're going to get preferential treatment just because, I mean, you, you stepped up and you formed a partnership with us. So, you know, we honor that partnership and, you know, our warranty accounts and, you know, everything's different. Every customer is different and everything has its own circumstance though. So yeah, it does. All right. Well, I won't keep you much longer. I appreciate you coming on here and talking about communication. (laughs) My pleasure. I, uh, I've wrote all those questions down and now I'm just like, man, I just needed one question. What's communication?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's what it's all about. Communicate over communicate over communicate.
0: Yeah. I I always say uh, under promise and over deliver. So Yeah.